Hello and welcome to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges, and here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning. Because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Let's begin. Marissa Belger helps mothers click into the wisdom of their inner knowing so they can make choices that support their evolution. She's a certified life coach, women's group facilitator, and co-author of a series of books for mothers, including The First 40 Days, The Essential Art of Nourishing the New Mother, and also Nine Golden Months, The Essential Art of Nurturing the Mother-to-Be. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation with Marissa and I all about the art of allowing as she guides us into deepening our sense of allowing and presence so we can enjoy our one precious life. And let's just dive in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, um, how you came into this work, and also what does empowerment mean to you? Great. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to connect um, with other women that are doing this amazing work. So I am truly touched to be here. So I am I am um, a writer and I am a, a motherhood coach. And I came to this work, first of all, through my own experience as a mother. I'm a mother of two, uh, two boys. And uh, about, I'd say, 10 years ago now, maybe around 2014, um, some, some dear, a dear friend of mine who also happened to be a writer asked me if I'd be interested in a project that was all about creating postpartum care for the new mother. And for, uh, for me and for pretty much everyone around me at that time, this was a really novel concept. The, the idea that a woman in the early days after birth would be receiving really specific care, space to integrate the, the rite of passage that she's just gone through, time for her body to heal and restore. And we teamed up, um, myself and two other incredible women mothers and writers and creators to create the first 40 days. And so that put off this, uh, sparked this wonderful light bulb of how important care and support for mothers would be. And then from there, we wrote the companion titles, Awakening Fertility, and most recently, Nine Golden Months. And I have just expanded my work to, to work directly with the incredible women that we've been writing for all these years as a, as a life coach. Yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. And uh, I know you want to answer the question about empowerment. Before you do, I, I'm wondering, did you utilize the, the um, advice that you give in these books yourself or did you come to this after? Oh, I'm so really so happy that you asked me that question because that has been coming up in me a lot lately as I deepen my work with clients and really get get honest with myself about I always say that I am my first I am the client I, I coach myself all the time um, I have a teenager and a 10 year old and I'm always uh yeah I'm having to work through many different situ- situations and challenges in my life and so the answer to that is no 
um, I wish that I had known what I know now. And so when I gave birth to, to both of my kids, I was living in New York City at the time. And for me, and I think for a lot of my peers at that time, being a, um, a, a you-can-do-it-all new mother uh, was a badge of honor. It was almost as if you were a superhero, if you could be breastfeeding while taking some work calls. I remember there's a picture of me truly nursing my first child with my computer on my lap um, and the phone on my ear. And I thought that I was, I thought I was just Wonder Woman until I got sick. And so when I did the exact same thing with my, when my second son was born, I, my body just broke down. And I, um, I was pushing it and pushing and pushing it. And I, I had to become really humbled with how much care I actually was denying myself. So in writing this book, I think often books and projects and concepts are born from, from what we didn't have ourselves and what we learned the hard way. So we really wrote those books to, to as a, I don't want to say a warning, but as a, like, let, let us give you a hint. If you start thinking about this in advance, you're going to have a, a much more easeful pregnancy, birth, and entry into motherhood. So that's the long answer. <laughs> yes. I'm so glad that we we went there because it really, you know, we talk a lot about sistering on this podcast, you know, showing up for our women friends in a, a solid way. And so this is the way we can show up for them is giving them this, even if we're past this phase is giving this to a sister friend, a chosen sister who can um, utilize it and then pass it on as well. Okay, so moving back to the empowerment question. This is something I like to ask all of my guests. What does empowerment mean to you specifically? Empowerment to me means um, having the having cultivated the ability to actually hear the the whispers and sometimes the the screams if we ignore them of our intuition and then honor that accordingly and often that can look as simply as saying no mm-hmm. um, saying no no to to too much doing no to another obligation no to having to show up in a certain way really giving yourself the the space and permission to honor what you really need. That's how I look at it. I love that word cultivate Mm. because it implies layers. It implies that it's not something that you just automatically have. It's like you have to cultivate it and do some tending to it so that it can grow. hundred percent. I always say too, and I, and I remind myself every day too, it's a practice. It's all a practice. And just like we, we strengthen muscles, you know, going to the gym to get stronger, we have to strengthen our, our muscles of our boundaries too. you know, what we allow in and what we don't allow in. We have to practice and strengthen our muscles, uh, asking for help muscles. That's a very big one for, for most of us mothers that are holding so much. Yeah. A lot of it's just new territory that we become more, more comfortable with. I'm so glad you said that about muscles too, because this is something that I've been thinking about a lot as a mom to two kids, one of which is having some challenges in school too. Mm -hmm. Um, And as her mom, 
I want to just make everything easy and comfortable. And yet I have to keep reminding myself that just like the immune system, it actually gets stronger when given, you know, a certain amount of like virus or load that actually helps it. And my daughter is actually getting stronger because things are hard. And if things were always easy, then she wouldn't be growing. And and so I feel like that's an aspect of cultivating. It's like, let let things be, you know, heavy, not too heavy that they're going to rip your muscles, but like, that's how we grow, right? Oh, uh, yes. Yes. I, I really appreciate that you said that. It's such a, that's such a big piece of, I think, the motherhood journey and being a mother that isn't really spoken to directly about how incredibly hard it can be for us to let. So I just really, I really work with that word, let, just let, mm-hmm. right? But letting requires a, letting go and allowing them to fall. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they so they can cultivate their own muscles because we know that life isn't going to catch you all the time. Yeah. So that they have to learn now, but that's a process for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, how do we, you know, again cultivate the practice for us of allowing our children and really ourselves sometimes too of allowing it to be hard when we just don't want it to be hard? You know, my inner toddler like wants to have a tantrum. Why is this so hard? What are some practices that we can do for ourselves when things are just hard and challenging to either ease it or bolster ourselves? What can we do? Yeah, that's, that's a wonderful question. And so the way I look at it is, you know, with really simple reframes, practicing some reframing of, of the way we see things. And so it's human nature to want things to be to be good, to be easy, to be happy, to be fun. And so when the more challenging emotions or experiences come in, our inclination is to push them away, to distract away from them, to, to hide, to run. But the invitation really here is to expand. I always use the metaphor of opening our arms wide. So just the way we would hold our children right? The expanse of, of our children. We, we can learn how to open our arms to the whole range of human emotions, which includes, and experiences, which includes hard ones and challenging ones. And when we remember that those hard ones are actually part of life, right? They are as much a part of life as the joyful ones. And if you really break it down a little further, the joyful ones couldn't exist without the harder ones. Because it's in that reflection that we get to to appreciate and see the difference. Mm-hmm. It reminds me really of, of birth, of labor, you know. And when we feel those contractions, it's actually if it, it is maybe sometimes painful, but ultimately it's also an expansion, right? Mm-hmm. I remember I remember being in labor and sitting next to my doula. And she, and she was saying, Isabel, say yes. I know this is a contraction. You don't have to like it, but if you can say yes to it and acknowledge that it's here for you and soften into the contraction, that's where the ease comes in. You don't have to like it, but you can still say yes to it. And I'm, that has been something that I've kept with me 
is like, we can expand even inside of the contraction. So beautiful. Such a, such a beautiful metaphor for, for, for the whole arc of, of motherhood, right? What we experience birth is such a potent microcosm of being able to work with challenging sensation, right? And I talk about, about strengthening muscles that you you'll use later. That's a perfect, perfect example. Right. And so I like to look at it too, with that. I'm not sure if you, you're familiar with the idea of sitting with a hard emotion for a challenging emotion for 90 seconds. Mm. So, right. If you, right. And maybe your listeners are not familiar with this, but it's a really sweet practice because it has a, um, a finite container around it. So when you're experiencing something really Um, challenging or painful, if you give yourself just 90 seconds to allow that emotion to exist in you, it will shift. It's it's a true, true phenomenon. If you just allow it to be, instead of squishing it down or trying to run away from it, you just give it space. Wow, I'm I'm really frustrated right now. I'm really angry right now. I'm hurting. You give it space to be, it's going to move. Right. And the metaphor always is we are the sky and those emotions or feelings are the clouds. Mm. So the clouds are going to pass, but we're still going to be there. So, Marissa, I'm wondering if you can not just tell us, but show us 90 seconds is this finite amount of time. Would you just lead us through a practice of being the sky for those clouds? Absolutely. So. When you experience, and it's a when, something challenging, a a feeling, um, and you notice it with any, you're going to have a somatic or physiological sensation that's going to clue you into something, that something's feeling hard right now. There's going to be constriction in your chest. Maybe your belly is going to be flipping and flopping. You might have pressure in your head, right? Something is also going on in your body. So I always recommend if you can find yourself a safe, quiet space to lie down or sit down. So this is even in the hubbub of your day, whether your kids are around you or you're at work, see if you can just excuse yourself and find a spot. We're talking 90 seconds. So I love how attainable this is. Ideally, you would lie down and you would, in a a bit of a corpse pose, so you feel yourself held, held by the couch or held by the floor, and you know that the floor is on the earth, and so the earth is holding you there too, and you practice letting go, knowing you're held, and you just give the sensation, the challenging feeling or sensations, room to be in you. And as you create that spaciousness, that room for it to be, it's going to dissipate because it's no longer being squeezed or contracted. Our natural inclination is to sort of round and protect when we're feeling something hard. Mm -hmm. So the invitation here is to soften and open, knowing that you're held. And I always like to add, just to be really real about it all, this is courageous work. It's It takes a lot of courage to allow something hard to be, but we're looking at 90 seconds and we're building muscles. We're building spiritual muscles to be able to hold more and more. Yeah. So that's just a small practice. And after 90 seconds, really gently you can sit back up, you can stand back up, you can shake it off a little bit 
and, and see how you feel now. Yeah. So you're not saying feel the anger or the grief all day. You're saying 90 seconds, let it just wash over you. And then you get to move on. Yeah, that's that's the practice. Now, this is not saying that if you're holding like a, a, a bigger feeling that it's going to vaporize out of your entire being in 90 seconds, but but that acute gripping that a challenging emotion can have on us, this practice is to allow some spaciousness to come around that. So I'll just tell you my experience when I do this. What I find is my um, emotion gets louder. And I realized the reason I've pushed the emotion down. So for me, it's anger. Mm. So growing up in my family, getting mad wasn't okay. Mm. And so I had a practice. I grew the muscle of clamping down, you know, putting a lid on the anger. So when I do this 90 minute practice of sitting in the flames of the anger I was hoping that the anger would go down, that that it would dissipate, like vaporize, like you said. It gets so, it gets louder. It's like when I listen to my child, my little boy, and and when when I give him my full attention, he doesn't get quieter at first. He gets louder and bigger and mommy, no, I want to do this and no, no, no. But what I find is that when I continue to come back to him and say, without those open arms that you so beautifully reminded us of, the next time I hold that space for him, he's less agitated. And then the next time he's less agitated. So the anger for me gets bigger in the first time I practice it, but then the next time the anger inside of me is like, oh, she's listening. I don't have to be so loud. And then the next time she's like, oh, I'm still mad, but not that mad. I really just needed her, meaning me, to listen. Just like my children just want me to listen to them. And that goes so, that's such a gift that we can give ourselves. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Exactly. Uh, the idea here is to is to welcome, which might seem like a strange word, but to really, again, welcome or open our arms to all of these different pieces of ourselves. Everybody's, I I always, I like this idea, like everybody's invited to the party. So anger's invited. I mean, that might not be a guest you want at your house party, but it's, it's real. Anger exists, right? So welcoming creates space for it not to dominate right? And become you because you are not anger. Mm. You're Isabel, right? Anger is a piece of you. Mm -hmm. When you give it space, it's not the one that's in the driver's seat anymore. Yeah. And I like where this conversation's going. (laughs) I like it so much. Okay. So before, before we got on, we were taught, we knew we would have just an ever ending number of things that we could do. But we were talking about stillness. Mm-hmm. And I'll speak for myself. Stillness is something that I both crave and like re- am repelled by. Uh, there's some fear for me that comes up around stillness because I have, you know, an addiction to the busy. I don't want to feel this like constant anxiety. And yet 
I feel addicted to it. So as soon as there is some stillness or space, I feel like I need to fill the space. Can Mm -hmm. you, I know I'm not alone in that too. Can you speak to that and how we can cultivate some stillness and some spaciousness? I'm really happy that you said that because I think it can be so easy to, uh, we hear all around us, right? Especially in any kind of wellness circle or any kind of conscious motherhood circles. Oh, just start meditating. It's not no big deal. Just bring a meditation practice into your life. But the truth is when, when you are revving at 150 miles an hour all the time, right? When your plate is full to overflowing with all that you're holding, we were discussing this earlier before we jumped on here too, about the sheer uh, amount of tabs that are open in a mother's mind at all times. It can be very difficult to just slam on the brakes and expect to reach this, you know, blissful state of emptiness and stillness. So I don't approach it like that at all. Uh, it's not realistic for me with the how full my life is, and it's not realistic for the clients that I work with either. So I, I like to approach it with these like bite-sized, bite-sized moments of stillness or spaciousness. And you and I were talking before too, really enjoying words like folding in or weaving in these moments into your life. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't require a full hard stop, yeah. um, like a screeching to a halt. It's just, um, again, a practice of learning what it feels like to slow down. Mm-hmm. And so one of the best ways to do that, that's always accessible, is right there and can be practice in any moment is to use your senses to drop more fully into the moment. So this can be done in any, in any space and time. It can be done while you're spending time with a child. It can be done while you're doing the dishes or while you're driving and you truly can just use, use your senses. So what does it feel like right now? What's the temperature of the air? What is the, the seat that I'm sitting on feel like? right? You start to notice, are there any sense in the air? What am I seeing? And the senses are a gateway to the present moment. So this is just like mindfulness 101. It's just a quick little way to drop into a more mindful, which is another keyword buzzword we hear all the time, mm-hmm. uh, into it, it, by bringing more mindfulness into your life, you, you do downshift. Yeah. So I think that you can tell me if that's answering the question. It does. Um, I'll tell you why, because it gives my mind something to do. So my mind is always looking for something to do. Uh, And rather than pick up my phone as that something, you're saying, go inside, give it something to do, like give it a job, give it a smelling job or a tasting job or a noticing job. Yeah. It's need to be of service. A hundred percent. And again, I think that, that, that building muscles, getting stronger metaphor is something we can all relate to and something we all want. We, I know we all want to be stronger physically. Everybody wants to feel more vital and strong in their body. So this is, a, this, these practices are helping you become more stronger and more, what do I want to say here? Like vital and have more capacity in your mind and in your heart. <clears throat> so you can practice just when you're doing the dishes. That's a really good one. Or brushing your teeth. Those are two great starter moments for to practice mindfulness. Just start by noticing the temperature of the water on your hands if you're doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. What does the water feel like? How hot is it? What do the slippery bubbles feel like? 
You know, do you have a glass in your hand? What is that like? I mean, and you may stay there for 10 seconds before your mind is already somewhere else. And that's completely okay. And then you just bring it back and you try again. And every time you try, you're, you're building capacity to be in the present moment. And the present moment is where we're still and where spaciousness is born. Yes. So your book books have so many tips in them. These, you know, tips you've just shared with us have been amazing. Um, tell us where we can find your books um, and where we can find out more about you. And if you're taking on any more groups or clients right now, where we can learn about that. Yeah, thank you for asking. So all three books, The First 40 Days, Awakening Fertility, and Nine Golden Months are sold at every major bookseller. So yeah, you can find them online, Amazon, every major bookseller. Um, Nine Golden Months is our most recent uh, baby. We call it the third member of our of our family. Very, uh, very proud of that one too. I'm excited to bring it out into the world. Um, I, as a motherhood coach, you can learn more about me at my, just my name, marissabelger.com. That's my site. And yeah, I'm, I'm always interested in working with women that are looking for support in finding themselves in motherhood and reconnecting to who they really are. If they have any kind of project that they're looking to birth inside the container of motherhood, all about it. And just learning how not to get swept away in the overwhelm. Yeah. Those are my, those are my areas of passion for sure. Wonderful. Well, I want to uh, ask you a closing question. Before I do that, is there anything else you want to say to our listeners? I want to say that just because you have kids, it doesn't mean that you stop mattering. Like your, your existence really matters. And you are currently living your one precious life as you're raising kids and paying attention to you will have ripple effects, positive, beautiful ripple effects that will influence your entire family as well. So it's important to, to make time for you and to care for yourself. Mm. Yes. So what is the next empowering action that you'd like to invite our listeners to take after they finish listening? The next empowering action I would like listeners to take and that I will be right there with you is making a small and emphasis on the word small, making a small commitment to yourself for the next three months and keeping it. And so a small commitment can be as small as drinking a glass of water when you wake up or giving yourself two minutes to sit quietly before you fall asleep. So like a micro commitment to yourself and just watch how it feels when you honor that commitment to yourself. Because in honoring that commitment to yourself, you're building trust with yourself which you and I both know is the most important relationship. Absolutely. Building trust. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. I know those listening feel the same way. That's all for today, my friends. And here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you. You. 